You're listening to the Type 1 Run Podcast. Leave no ones behind. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 20 of the show. I'm your host as always, John Fody. Today we have a super special episode. I caught up with Craig Steubing, James Mansfield, and Emma Collins after they completed the 2018 Wildflower Triathlon out in California. So special thanks to them for coming on the show and kind of sharing their experiences with one for some of them running their first triathlon, but more so just kind of the overall experience of what it's like to be involved in these, you know, bigger type one run events where you're surrounded by a bunch of other type ones and you're all doing these athletic events and kind of what that magic is like. Real quick note, I am now officially in Boulder, Colorado. So I'm a Boulderite or Boulderinian. I'm going to look into that. And thanks everyone for your patience for this episode. It's been kind of hectic moving across the country getting all of my equipment set up, just getting our new apartment set up and kind of getting our lives resettled out here in Colorado. So once again, huge thank you. Episode 20 is going to be a big one. And without further ado, here's my interview with James, Craig, and Emma. Hello. Uh Hello. Emma, what's up? Is that water? (laughs) Water. 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 Emma, we Water. were just talking about Please, you. Please, sir. This can is, I have some more? This is John Fody, by the way. <laughs> Hi, John. Can I have some you? more water? John, just Emma's some advice so sick for of you. Us. Ne- never never come so... to these events with these two jokers. Oh, I thought you were going to say never talk to Craig. Yeah, I've heard Emma, that. Yeah, she's, really, she's, she's closing the Type 1 Run chapter because of us. I've heard oh, they yeah, were weirdos. We're having a big closing party. <laughs> I've assumed that they were both yeah. weirdos, but I just I haven't confirmed that because I haven't met them in person yet. Emma, why did you decide to go to Mexico <laughs> after going to California? Um, to get a tan. <laughs> I, I got a tan and wildflower. So like, but you why? Yeah, I'm really today. Why Mexico? Yeah, not today like. I'm... Why not Florida? Why not like uh, um, Palm Springs? That's a very good question. I've been to Florida quite a few times. Okay. It was either Mexico or Hawaii, and I went with Mexico. Oh, nice. I don't know why. Yeah. Is it true that British <laughs> no people reason. love Florida? Why is that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it it's be. because it's warm it be and it's close to the UK compared to California or Hawaii. James, Most do you love Florida? No, I've never been to Florida. Have you never. 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 You're missing out now. I went to I went to like university in Florida. It was pretty awesome. College, yeah. as we say over here across the pond. Yeah. So Emma, so we were just talking about something really important, super important um, about the conversation. <laughs> we were trying to figure out whether or not diabetics should date other diabetics, and we, we need your opinion on this. Diabetics should date well Have you ever I mean, dated another deep. type one? Um I haven't, no. Do you think that would be like too many, too much type one for one household? You know, you know how they're not a hundred percent sure like where type one comes from, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Did you know that it's more likely if you have a kid, if the dad is diabetic, it's more likely the kid will get it than it is 
the, the mm. mum is diabetic. It's like one in one in fifty compared to one in seventy-five or something. Fact if, of the day. It, okay. I don't actually what if, know. Well, that that just that diabetic. kills that kills my uh, dreams. Thank you. I'm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to what I mean, spread spread your James children around here? Yeah, my seed deserves to be spread. I have good genetics up until the year twenty-seven. Until I until sorry, I was twenty-seven, guys. I had great medical history. Well, yeah. So I did so is that ask. What the podcast is on whether you no date the, other type one. No, it's not. I just I needed your personal opinion on it. Everyone knows I've got. Craig Steubing, also known as C Stunna. I've hashtagged that. Um, you can hashtag that on Instagram, follow it on Facebook. Um, just make sure to also hashtag Type One Run Podcast so I know that you're using C Stunna. And that is a John Fody original. I also have Emma Collins on the line and James Mansfield, all Type One diabetics, all incredible now friends of mine, and great guests of Type One Run Podcasts and great hosts and leaders of Type One Run in general. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Sore as hell. <laughs> Emma, how are you? Doing? I don't know about you guys. I, I I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm I'm not sore. Yeah. Maybe maybe that means I'm I'm fitter than you, Craig. Probably. <laughs> James, what's up with you? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good too. Yeah, I don't know what Craig's problem is. <laughs> so to give essays to everyone, I think James and Craig—they're both in LA. And Emma is in Mexico because she's partying up after the Wildflower Triathlon, which is kind of what we're here to talk about today. Um, and if you could, starting with Craig, moving to Emma and then James, talk about the event that you did and why you picked that event. In a minute, we'll talk about like why Wildflower in general, but I'm really curious as to like why you picked the events that you picked and what it was. So, so I did the long course course triathlon the triathlon long course which is the equivalent of a half ironman distance so that's a 1.2 mile swim a 56 mile bike ride and a half marathon run do i have to tell you why i chose that yeah <laughs> I, i'm i'm, I'm I curious guess. as to why because i know you and i know that you've never done a triathlon before why in the world Never. did you pick a half Ironman as your first triathlon? I think um, there were two. There were two two driving forces. One was I felt like I could probably have done an Olympic without a lot of serious training, and I felt like if I was going to go and do this, I I wanted an excuse to just train really hard and work out twice a day. And just go on like six hour long bike rides on the weekend. And I think the other part, which is, I guess, derivative of that is that if I'm going to do something, I want it to be a challenge. Like there's no point for me to sign up for a race to just kind of, you know, walk through it. So if I'm going to do a 5K, I'm going to sprint that 5K. I'm going to, you know, do as fast as I can. If I'm going to do a triathlon, like, why not just go balls to the wall and just see if I can do it? Because if I finish an Olympic distance or even a sprint and I still have energy in the tank, I'm going to feel really disappointed that I, you know, that I just had stuff left over that I could have 
could have used. Um, yeah, I guess that's why. So you're basically saying none of our efforts are good enough for you. <laughs> I'm basically saying that. Uh, no, I mean, what I got is that you wanted something much. that was really hard and you wanted an excuse to work out so much that you didn't have to talk or hang out with anybody on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I just wanted to, yeah, I, I wanted to just challenge the hell out of myself. I can also, respect I think that. part of me thought that I would hate triathlons and I would never want to do it again. And I mm-hmm. thought if I did a short one and I was like, okay, the only triathlon I ever did was a sprint. That would yeah. be kind of disappointing. And I figured if I just did something really hard and long and that was it, I could be okay with that. James, what about you, man? It James. sounds like, it sounds like you're making a, a policy, <laughs> but if you're still there, <laughs> chime in. Yeah, no, I'm still here. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, what about me? I, uh, I originally signed up for the sprint because it was going to be my first triathlon. And unlike Craig, I thought, oh, I'll ease into it. Manageable. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Craig was making me look bad doing this long half Ironman thing. And I thought yeah, I should probably step it up a little bit. So the week before I changed my registration to the Olympic. So I did the Olympic distance, which was, it's like a 0.9 mile swim, like a 25 mile bike ride and a uh and a 10k and i was pretty worn out at the end of that so like emma i think i had i uh, didn't have anything left in the tank when i was done so i don't really know what craig's talking about <laughs> <laughs> do you do you are you glad you upgraded to the olympic yeah no i thought it was a good distance i mean i think the sprint would have been fun too but the fact that we were driving hundreds of miles to go there we were going to be camping all weekend it felt like just doing a sprint would have just uh felt like a whole weekend just for a, a short race would have felt strange so yeah no i thought it was it was very challenging it was magical it was doing the triathlon race was something that i don't know i really enjoyed it it's like an experience that you can't really put into words and uh yeah okay I definitely want to do another one so now that you've done it what is the hardest part about managing type one while doing a triathlon? Because a try naturally has all these different pieces. Like you've got your bike, you've got all your running stuff, you've got your swimming stuff and the transitions is a mess. In fact, some people train in triathlons just for the transitions. Like how can I maximize time and win this race by lowering my transition time? And so throwing in type one in that, like, did you find yourself sitting 10 minutes in a transitions while you like check your blood sugar Ate food, check your blood sugar again. Like, what's the hardest part about managing type one for a triathlon? I think the hardest part is that your blood sugar during a swim, like the way you manage your blood sugar during a swim, is different from the way you manage it during a run, different from the way that you manage it during a ride. And then all of those things are different on the race versus on a training day, and then doing them all back to back. So it's a whole cluster of like different variables that there's no there's no real way that you can prepare for the diabetes side of it other than just by racing triathlons so i was pretty nervous going in you know and i had this kind of like crazy plan for managing my blood sugar that i wasn't feeling good about and so i thought it was going to be well james tell them about our tell them about our trial our practice triathlon the week before yeah, so the week before Wildflower, we, we hadn't done any triathlon or anything. We Our training hadn't been that great. We decided, you know, we'll practice the transitions. We put together like a sprint distance, just 
training try. So we went to Long Beach. We swam a few hundred yards. We rode a few miles. And we, and we ran. And I think for all of us, it was a complete disaster. <laughs> like, blood sugars were just crazy sky high. Like, it was just a whole mess. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I thought. I don't, what was your take, Greg? Yeah, I feel like during the practice, like, it started out all right. And then... I think it was by the time we started running, then my blood sugars just started going up and they kind of just kept going up by the time we finished. Um, I don't really know what caused it, but I think I remember at the time, you know, before we, before we did this practice thing, I was feeling pretty good. And then afterwards was starting to feel nervous. So our, our practice run actually had the opposite effect for me. Instead of making me feel more comfortable, I felt a lot less comfortable. And that's when I started trying to like, like tempers people's expectations. When they were like, oh, Craig, you're going to do great. I'm like, let's see if I finish. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. Because I was, I was so nervous after that. Because I had practiced these things separately, and I had even done bikes followed by runs, and I had had good blood sugars. But when we put all three together, even in that short distance, I was a mess. It's funny you mention that, because I remember I messaged you right before the race, and it seemed like you weren't very excited about it. Or if you were, it didn't show. I, I, was, I was nervous. The closer we got up, the, the more nervous I got. I think... My, my sort of poor decision making. I think I, I think I realized like what I'd gotten myself into, <laughs> and whereas before it was definitely this like bravado of just like oh I'll just sign up for this half Ironman and I'll just do it. What you were saying about transitions though, I do want to point out James did uh, his swim to bike was a five fifty one transition time and his bike to run was two fifty three. Which seems pretty quick to me, because he, I guess he'll talk more about this later, but he um, didn't have his Dexcom on him, obviously, during the swim. Um, so he was doing finger sticks in his transition. So, like, just adding all of that time to it, it's pretty impressive. Did he finger stick while he swam? I don't think so. <laughs> Whenever he's, how you do that, John. Whenever that, he's, that would be very impressive. <laughs> so, Emma, now that now that they've spoken, what, what do you think is the hardest part about triathlon for a type one? Oh no, I think exactly the same as what Craig probably. Oh, maybe it was James. I think James said the fact that I have um, real issues when I swim, my blood sugar goes down. Like that—that's just what happens. Whereas. When I run, more often than not, and especially in events, it starts off really high and it takes a while for it to come come down. So it's kind of like, I didn't do the full triathlon, I just uh, did the swim. But I think balancing and and managing that over quite a long period of time and being able to deal with it without going low, because once you go low, it's so hard to kind of pick yourself up and keep going. And it sounds like from what Craig said, they had a pretty tough bad bad rehearsal and then a good performance yeah i guess this is better than the other way around i didn't really answer your question john and i think my fear or my main issue going in was just how much stuff i needed to have with me 
And I think that's more because my race was so much longer mm-hmm. of just if I'm going to spend, you know, four hours on a bike, like exactly how many gels do I need to have with me? And then how many backup gels do I need to have with me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the morning of James was like stuffing gels just anywhere <laughs> on my bike that I didn't already have something for backup because he was so worried. He's like, Craig. You're not bringing enough stuff. Like, I'm just going to stuff a gel into your, like, your bike repair kit. Just as, like, your emergency emergency. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just had stuff everywhere. Um, and I think I was really nervous about, like, showing up at the transition and being like, okay, now what do I need to grab to go with me? Were you more nervous about going low or going high? Uh, I was more nervous about going low. I, I purposely turned off the high alerts on my desk in uh-huh. the morning because I didn't want to get one and then feel pressure to take insulin. to correct it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's like my my gut instinct usually. Like I get the high alert and I look at my desk com and I give myself a unit or something, and I didn't want. You know, like I knew I'd be checking it and I knew like, oh, having an alarm would just mean that I'm checking it that often. But I, once I see those like yellow numbers, my finger just goes like, like Pavlovian response straight to just bolus. Yeah. And There's like an OCD side of me that, that wants to do that every time too. Exactly. So it was, it was hard for me to not do that. Um, and I knew if I went low, I was basically screwed. Like there was no way if I went low early on in this race that I was going to recover. Yeah. Um, I'd finish, but I knew it would be hell and take a long time. And I figured as long as I don't go up to, you know, 250, 300, um, I'm going to be exercising so long that I can just make small changes and it'll fix itself over time. I was looking long picture. So I'm going to segue yeah, we here. Picture. Why? We did have somebody who went low, speaking of which. Oh, yeah. Who went low? Well, I don't want to name any names, but we had somebody who, exactly like what Craig was saying about how he was nervous about going low and ruining his whole race, that exact thing happened to someone. We were, I think we were the last people in the bleachers kind of uh, cheering her on to the finish line. So speaking of people that I don't know, you guys met other type ones on the course that are not affiliated with type one run in any way, right? Well, not yet, but not yet. Yeah, they will be. Um, What do we meet? Four, five, something like that. That's insane. Yeah. And it was, it was really random. So like there were a couple who, who I think Craig, Craig approached because you could see their Omnipods. Um, whereas just <laughs> like such a like such started, a creep just, like I was, oh i saw this thing on your arm i'm gonna come <laughs> oh, talk to you one, about it. <laughs> yeah but then just before my trail run started i was um taking my pre-race photo and some guy just, just came up and said um are you with type one run because i didn't have my shirt on or anything but he'd seen the libra in my arm and he knew Wait, you didn't the have type a shirt one on group were at, were at <laughs> I didn't have my type one run shirt on. I I, of course, on. he's gonna come up shirt and talk on. to you. You're walking around without a shirt on. It's like, is this a French beach? What yeah. Is this? First of all, he said, "Are you gonna put your shirt on?" Then he said, "Are you part of type one run?" <laughs> um, but 
he he knew that the group were going to be there um because he'd been following them on facebook or or instagram um and so yeah people just approached us but also we approached other people and it was crazy how many tight ones were actually about or i i i found that um interesting james if you could talk to me for a minute why did you pick wildflower Craig is in charge of Type 1 Run in a way, too. But a lot of people see you as, like, the authoritative head of TOR. <laughs> Why did we pick Wildflower? We picked Wildflower because one of the LA runners, Dave Holmes, he ran Wildflower back before he was diabetic. He did the, did the triathlon. I think he did the sprint or the Olympic. He had an amazing experience. Um, and he told us, like, hey, there's this triathlon. I want to do it again now that I'm diagnosed. Like for my kind of like one year diversary kind of thing, you guys should do it. It's awesome. And so he really was pushing like he wanted to do a triathlon because we were all just running. So we we decided, yeah, okay, we'll do it. Craig, what do you think there is to gain by posting these events? So we always encourage chapters to, you know, have like these flagship events that are kind of will create a center of gravity for everything that the group is and does for like maybe one quarter of the year or something like that. Talk about why that's important. Like what do you, what do you guys gain out of events like this that makes it worth the squeeze? You know what I mean? Like think of all the work that you and James do for the LA chapter alone, like getting, you know, the word out and getting, you know, communication between all the members and hosting these events and then kind of hosting these flagship flagship events. Like what, what's the motivation for people to like get really involved with, you know, type one run chapter events, at, you know, places like wildfire. I think that for a lot of people, it's hard to keep running. If you don't have a goal, if you know, it's, it, it's hard to like justify waking up at five, three in the morning and going and running six hours before work. If you don't have something on the horizon, whether that's a half marathon, a 10 K, a mar- you know, a full marathon, an ultra. Um, and having that in the books kind of just gives you that little extra motivation to just do it. Um, when it would be so much easier to just go back to sleep. And I know that for a long time, that's how I got my sister to, go to runs for me is I would just, I would sign her up for runs and then she would feel compelled to keep running every day to, to train for it. Um, and I think the other part of it is that a big event like this is for the people who are there. It's really, I don't life changing sounds really cliche, but I don't know if James and Emma want to weigh in on that, but it was, it was one of the best weekends I've I've ever had. It was just so much fun. And so for us there, you know, having this, it's it's such a different experience than just us all, you know, meeting somewhere in LA, running six miles and then getting brunch. It's a really yeah. like transformative experience. Yeah, having a big bigger event somewhere where like everybody's traveling there, everybody is spending like more of a period of time together as opposed to just doing a 5k or something where like you know you just show up do the race and go home you know things like the relay that we did this wildflower experience it's more like 
you're yes, you're you're there to do something. You're you're there to race an event, but it's also everything that goes around that. So you're spending a lot of time together, just hanging out and socializing beyond just you know going there, running or or racing, and then going home. And that allows you to kind of. Uh, you know, compare strategies and what you're going to do, see how it went, just like spend time and have fun together, uh, all the rest of it. Emma, yeah, and think? it also serves as this great, well, I was going to say it also serves as this great like storytelling thing. Like we can talk about the story and the message of Type 1 Run through this event through because it's so visible, because there's, you know, 12 people there all competing in one weekend. We're all taking photos. This is really epic, beautiful place. Um, you know, we can share these stories now of Emma and Robin and Leslie, you know, finishing the relay together, you know, running through the shoot, you know, next to each other. And that's really powerful. Um, more so than just, you know, James and me, you know, eating donuts <laughs> that no, sounds like an incredible episode though james and craig <laughs> yeah james and craig eat donuts I, I am kind of interested to hear what emma thinks you know flying all the way here meeting all these type ones that she's never met before because everyone else there we knew right james like emma was the only yeah. person we hadn't well, met before or competed in some way well emma what's it what's uh what's the verdict I mean, this could be awkward, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You don't have to tell the truth. No, so um, I I agree with exactly what James and Craig have said. There was something really special uh, about this weekend. I've had tight one for 27 years. In fact, I think next week it, it's uh, the anniversary of 27 years. And up until last year, I didn't know any other type ones, um, none my age anyway, and definitely none that were active. So, so having that in my life the last 12 months has made such a difference. I mean, James timed everything very well. He turned up late on the Friday. So by that point, Craig and I had put up the tent and, and everything the campsite was already. And then <laughs> on the last day when we were pulling the tent down, James pay, played the diabetic card and said he had low sugar, so <laughs> I think he timed it all quite well. So James, do you really not like hard work or <laughs> well, I just thought it you know, worked well. I left left early enough that there was no rush hour traffic. You know, Craig had bought his big tent so I didn't have to put one up. Um, yeah. Just show up just uh, just when it's all set up. Put down my camping chair. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs> I feel like it would be difficult to set up for like a significant athletic event from a campsite. Like getting, feeling like you're absolutely ready from a hotel is one thing, but then doing it from a campsite, like where you were just sleeping in a sleeping bag, seems like a whole nother challenge. My feeling was that I, I felt like I don't sleep well the night before a race, no matter where I am, whether I'm home, whether I'm in a hotel so being in a sleeping bag in a tent in the middle of the woods didn't really change that. <laughs> but when I woke up the morning of, you know, it was, I was going to sleep bad. I was going to wake up every hour anyways, afraid that I had missed the start. But then when I woke up 
Saturday morning and I like walk outside the tent and I look out to my left and there's just this beautiful sunrise and you just hear the birds and the trees. Um, you smell that like forest smell. There was just, I don't know. We keep saying the word magical, but there was just something really special about like, okay, now I'm going to go compete in an event. Like I'm not like checking out of my like Hilton hotel room, you know? Yeah. It was good for it was good for logistical reasons too, because we had a group of people. There were different events on on three different days, and so you know we could watch somebody start, go back to the campsite, watch somebody watch someone transition, go back, watch somebody else finish. And it's not like you you know you have a home base, so it's not like you have to drive forty five minutes to wherever the nearest hotel is. Everything is right there, so it made it a lot easier for us to kind of watch one another, support one another, and cheer each other on. And the, the facilities were great. Like Craig said, it was it was beautiful, you know, riding down. We were camping up on a hill, and then the, the triathlon is kind of down at the bay. And so going down to the start of the race was just incredible. Like, you walk down this hill, you see the sun coming up over the lake. Like, it's the most gorgeous scenery. Yeah, it was it was epic. What a, I'm visualizing you guys all in the same tent together. Was it just like one big one big sleeping bag and you all climbed in, or how did that work? <laughs> I mean, you the, see tent the size was of the epic. tent. The tent was huge. The tent had rooms. It had three separate rooms. <laughs> Should we give you all of our blood sugar data? You can put it in the show notes. No. I mean, <laughs> overall, did y'all all have good blood sugars throughout this weekend? <laughs> My best blood sugars were while I was competing. <laughs> and the rest, as Emma would say, was rubbish. It was rubbish. It's true. Rubbish. Rubbish. Hey, rubbish. Emma, can you do your best America? Do your best accent of Craig for me. Of Craig. Of what Craig. do you want me to say? No, okay. Uh, I'll do. Okay, say, 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 say no, no, no. Emma, say this. Say, say this. Say, I'm Craig Stubing, and this is Beta Cell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Craig Stubing, and this is Beta Cell. <laughs> that was pretty good. I thought that was me. <laughs> I like how you like put that. like. You put like that obnoxious like California nineteen or like early two thousands accent. I mean, that was very intentional. Uh, he sounded like he sounded like a high schooler who was at the mall shopping at like Hollister. I tried my best. I'm Craig Steubing, and this is Beta Cell. What was quite funny, uh, John, actually, at all of the stop points where they had water this weekend, the, the college kids, they had water or Gatorade. So every time I stopped, I was like to them, is that water? And then they would imitate the way I say water back to me. Water. Which I found funny every single time it happened. Is that water? Is that water? <laughs> or Gatorade? <laughs> that just sounds special. So... Emma, you had you had good blood sugars this weekend, though. You were you were blessed by the blood sugar gods. Um, I was not. No, I in <laughs> fact in the the swim I really struggled. Um, but it's a learning curve. And actually, the last two days, and I think it's James and Craig rubbing off on me. It, they've been really good. 
it may also be the fact that I've not really done any exercise the last couple of days. <laughs> but yeah, my best blood sugar was probably after both events. Huh. It was hot. It was brutal. Um, and so I think the sunscreen, uh, lack of sunscreen. So now I'm kind of burned. I think like maybe my insulin got a little warm in the sun. So maybe that's not working as well. Um, that was one thing that wasn't great about camping is that all of our insulin is just cooking in the sun the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That would worry me. I, I'm always like really cautious about like the temperature of my insulin and I'm, I'm the first, I'm, that's like always my first go-to. Like if my blood sugar's high, I'm like, oh, my insulin's ruined. <laughs> like it wasn't because I messed up my carb count. It wasn't because I messed yeah. up anything else. It was because the insulin got warm and surely it's not working anymore. See, this is how good I John's used to blood say sugar that is. Too, but yeah. On the rare occasion that he's high, it must just be because his insulin's ruined. <laughs> like there's it's no not, other possible reason. Yeah. It's, it's not, not any of the other countless possible scenario i'm gonna throw it to you emma closing remarks from type one run la chapter 2018 wildflower closing remarks uh okay well a big big thanks to craig and james for organizing it because like they say yeah i came all the way from london and met an amazing bunch of people um a great experience um as they both said it was magical um challenging at the same time but uh i wouldn't change it and super keen to uh do the long next year well it's on record now (laughs) i'll be there with you guys next year (laughs) congratulations good job i'm proud of you guys and looking at the pictures for anyone who's listening and they want to feel like they, you know, experienced a little bit of wildflower experience. You can go online, go on type one run. They shared a bunch of pictures. Emma shared a bunch of pictures under we run diabetes. And I think under beta cell podcasts, Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of pictures that you can look at as well. So, yeah. um, they were incredible and they made me say, wish like, I had been there. What, one of the guys we met this weekend, he like San Francisco based, said he's not been able to make it to any of the events. Yeah. If anyone's like, a little bit nervous or worried about going to any type one event chapter anywhere then don't be because everyone is so friendly everyone is so welcoming and you definitely won't regret going along well james i better myself yeah, yeah james thanks. craig emma thank you thanks john thanks john thanks Hey guys, so that wraps up today's show. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. It's an incredible way to get fresh episodes delivered straight to your phone every week. If you think you or anyone you know would be a perfect interviewee for the show, make sure to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at type one run podcast or at type one run.org slash podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Train hard, train happy, and leave no ones behind.